0: All right, welcome to Inside Abode, another episode of Abode Life. And before I get into our first guest, uh, please like, follow, or subscribe. The podcast is Inside Abode. We are streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, everywhere. So please like or follow. There's uh, tons of other content if you go take a look. And uh, with that, I have a special guest with me today for Abode Life, Quincy. And it's yeah. Henry, right? Yes, sir. Quincy Henry. Yeah. AKA Q Dot. Yeah. So in, a, in
1: another life. <laughs> in another life,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you had multiple lives, but let's talk about yourself, man. What? Are you, what's? What's your story?
1: Oh man, Federal Way kid. Um, well, I grew up between Federal Way and Tacoma, um, northeast Federal Way, all of that. Uh, man, just youngest of five, crazy boys, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, moved to downtown in about 06, lived right above the Harmon, and just got knee-deep in Tacoma, got got involved in the event scene, the music scene, the art scene, I was on the art commission, Um, I've been doing a lot of freelance marketing in town, I was... When I was on the road touring uh, for music, when I wasn't touring, I'd come home and I'd do like some freelance marketing gigs. Yeah. That turned into a whole other life in and of itself. (laughs) Um, Then I met a girl and had a family, and I said, I can't tour no more. Mm -hmm. Can't do that. Didn't want to be that parent that was, you know, oh, I'm going to be out here for my kids. (laughs) Nah, the music game is rough. Right. And it's hard to make. A living, and I was fortunate to do it um, for about four years solid. It was basically, you know, eighty percent music yeah. all the time.
0: Yeah. And, um, and you it, had some, you had some success, man. yes had, had some, you did, you, you've done some things that people weren't doing. Yeah. At that time, tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, we started a um, in seven um, Internet radio was a thing. Or it was kind of becoming a thing and being independent, because I've always been independent. Yeah. I've been maverick like that uh, kind of from day one. Um, and that was just because of a bad experience I had with a major label back in like 03.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so I said, I'm going to do it independent. And then I was trying to find new innovative ways to put my own music out. And this whole right. internet radio thing was happening. And I said, well, cool, I can do this. The local station doesn't really play locals constantly, just one night a week. If I make a radio station, I can put all the the hot new music, and I can put my own stuff, and all my buddy's stuff too. So we did that, and started doing podcasting, and and before I knew it, it was kind of blowing up. Um, Mm -hmm. And it took off, it was doing its thing. That kind of helped me get on the road, kind of helped me get to where I was, messed around, and was up for a couple of Grammys. I lost. But I was up for them. Right. Um, and then, you know, had a couple of albums that sold real well, mm-hmm. charted on iTunes, charted on Amazon. Um, like I said, then, boom, I was touring heavy because that was where the real money was. Right, And, right. you know, I was doing between 60, maybe 75 dates a year Dang. around the country. Yeah, and I would That's break amazing. them up. I would break, I would go out for... You know, Because I had the whole Grammy thing attached yeah, to me, but yeah. I was booking my own shows, I would kind of command I play a weekend. Mm-hmm. Because my whole strategy was, well, I'm independent. I don't have a booking agent. I don't have those resources. I need to play a weekend, and I need to be able to play in this particular market right. two to three times before I really start making something. Um, And that was the strategy, and it kind of worked. So yeah. I would play like a Denver um and get lucky on the first time out right Mm -hmm. but then I might go and play Pueblo and then not do real well so I gotta come back but I knew I could anchor in Denver Mm -hmm. and then you know do Pueblo do Fort Collins do the whole thing and then yeah man said I met a girl we started the family I stopped touring and then just this you know this whole weird set of circumstances so I'm doing the marketing thing full-time Uh I get picked up by an agency in Seattle. I start working with them. Uh And then everything kind of goes haywire. And this was last, not this past summer, not summer 19, Uh summer of 18. So I basically took all of my freelance work into this agency, all my contracts. Interesting. And while the other two partners in the business were really focused on Microsoft and tech, right. I was focused on small business, mm-hmm. nonprofits, musicians, art, all the creatives, mm-hmm. which is, you know, and it, it, it's the complete opposite where a Microsoft will cut you a six-figure check and say, see you in nine mm-hmm. weeks. Yep. The mom and pop business is like, I've got a $1,000 budget, and they're emailing you at 1 in the morning mm-hmm. and calling you at 6 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot more hand-holding. And things were going okay. And then suddenly it was one day I come into the office, and the other two partners say, we got to have a talk. Mm. And that's out of nowhere, uh. literally. And they, and they told me this verbatim. You can kill your business and stay with us, or you can take your contracts. We'll give you all of that. Yeah. And you can you can do this on your own again, and because a lot of these contracts were people that I had been working with before right. I got with them, yep. I was just imagine like how do I have that conversation? Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, you know so and so, I know I've worked with you for four years, but <laughs> yeah. this company that I just joined two years ago doesn't want your business anymore. Like right. I couldn't I couldn't imagine having that combo. Man. So I said, well, I'll give it a, I'll give it a shot. The problem that I encountered at that point was. Um, at that time, now I had contracts that I didn't really feel excited about. Mm -hmm. Um, They were more to kind of appease the partners and hit hit a goal and do that thing. So I let a lot of them kind of lapse. And now I'm down to about half the contracts I had. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, my wife uh, was working down at CSTC, which is right next to Western State. Okay. Yeah, and you can kind of think of it as Western State, but for everyone eighteen and under.
0: Okay. So CSTC, what does that stand for? Uh, for Child everybody? Study and Treatment Center. Okay. Yeah.
1: And so it's a lot of kids with behavioral issues that have gone through a lot of trauma, mm-hmm. and it's it's a really high risk place to work. Well, she had gotten attacked for the fourth time. Oh. And had suffered a really bad concussion. Dang. And yeah, had still out to this day, still out. Dang. And so that's been almost a year. And you know, her doctors aren't trying to let her go back to work there. Mm-hmm. And we thought, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Like the marketing thing took on a life that really wasn't what I wanted it to be any right. longer. I'm not gonna go back out on the road like that. I just mm-hmm. I can't I can't see myself doing it because it's really hard, hard work. And this thing that you're doing isn't working.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And at the same time I'm finishing my PhD in yeah, I.O. That's psych. That's right.
0: That's right. Like, because so, you, you you're getting your. I, forgot, I right. forgot. that that was even part of the equation. You that's went back to part school. Of
1: it. Went back yeah. to school. So I'm get. I'm literally in the middle of writing my dissertation, and I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll go lecture at colleges, and then I would start to, you know, I get with people who are in academia and realizing how tough of a grind that mm-hmm.
0: is. It is.
1: And I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is more something that I can do. Like I've done with all of my schooling, I never went to school to say, "Okay, well now I have this credential, I'm gonna go use it and get a job." It was mm-hmm. really enrichment. Mm-hmm. I really just wanted to learn, and so I said, "Well, this will be a great way for me to maybe do this with marketing and right. implement it into the marketing." And we said we were on one of our drives coming back from Utah, where my in-laws are at, and. We said coffee shop, <laughs> just, but it wasn't just out of the blue because that same summer I had um, I had released a coffee with Anthem
0: with okay. my album. Okay, I remember. That. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With Anthem and you guys did the big, uh, yeah, you did a big rollout. Yep, yeah, and did a you were, big perfor- rollout. Yeah, you performed. Did you yep. perform at that? You had the album rollout. I remember. Yep. I remember all that. Yeah, working with Brian was working with Brian yeah. at Anthem. Yep. That's my guy. I Love yeah. Brian to death,
1: man. And he's been a huge, you know, asset to me in this whole process. But we rolled that out. We rolled out the coffee, and it started selling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It really started going, and so that was kind of where the seed was really planted. That okay. you know, there might be Makes something sense. with this coffee thing. Yeah. I don't know what, but there's something there. And so um, when we sat down and say coffee shop, it was like okay. Well, at the time, I had never worked in a coffee shop. She'd never mm-hmm. worked in a coffee shop. I had to figure out how to make some drinks. Yep. Lo and behold, a good friend of mine uh, manages a shop by PLU. I asked her if I could work there, just make some drinks, because we were going to go full on on this coffee shop thing. And she said, sure, come on in. Oh wow. And it was, you know, it's a super busy shop down there. And so I got to learn for you know three and a half months how to make drinks and the processes and systems that, you know, busy shops go through to make yeah. them work. And so it was like a paid internship.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So you guys now are just in the coffee shop game and you're getting ready to open a coffee shop? Yeah, it's like, we sh- we are at the week's point. Oh, we wow. would
1: have been open, but, and this is part of the journey of entrepreneurship that, you know, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, permitting takes so long.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And, when we signed the lease on the location and my mind was, okay, there needs to be work done. Um, Let's just bring the guys in and have them do it. And you know, the landlord and everybody was like, yeah, 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 do that. Right. Well, I do this for a few months and I'm getting bids and I'm sending them over to our landlord because it's part of the tenant improvement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, like what's happening? You know, they're not cutting checks. Like what's going on? Well, I have a meeting with the architect, for the company that we're leasing from. And she says, uh, you can't have anyone touch anything yep. until you get your tenant improvement yep. permit. Yeah, And I said, oh, I wish I had known <laughs> yeah. this six months ago. Because right. we had some very primitive drawings done but would have sufficed. Um, she made some really nice CAD drawings and boom, we submitted mm-hmm. them. But then it took six weeks for them to review them then they had revisions that needed to be made. That took another two and a half right. weeks. Dang. So literally, just like two weeks ago, we got the tenant improvement permit.
0: So now you can start doing your tenant improvement, your TI. But yeah. now
1: here's the here's the cold part is all those guys I talked to now they're all now booked up. Yep, yep, yep. Oh
0: wow! So, so this, that's just yeah, and part of that, it, part of that's just. Well, we were going to have another conversation about, like, <laughs> you know, just support and all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. Because, I mean, that's something that it would be nice mm. to have to know some of those things ahead of oh, time. Man. And it seems like people hide information mm-hmm. because we live in a, and we talked about this, abundance and scarcity. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, with video stuff, for example. And I've, I've been shooting videos since 2011. But like it seemed like at that time when I was learning, when I was learning, no one really wanted to share with me the tips and tricks and stuff to like ramp me up quicker. I don't know why, but anyway, it seemed like people were being tight-lipped about stuff. It's way different now because now people have YouTube tutorials. You can find Mm -hmm. a tutorial on anything now. Literally. Back when I was starting, there was fewer tutorials. They were out there, but I had to search for them. Right, right. And so now it seems like people are more willing to share in that space at least. Yeah. Um, And so yeah, just in the business. It's just interesting.
1: It's crazy. It's been the most, I would say, uh, enriching experience. Because I'd always thought I had a grasp of entrepreneurship. I felt like, well, I've done it. You mm-hmm. know, I've, I've been a musician. I've, you know, been on the road. Mm-hmm. But And that's true. And I've done, yeah. you know, the marketing agency thing. But it's something just tangibly different to opening a physical location. Yes. <laughs> Like, that in and of itself, the amount of detail you have to go through, yes. they don't prep you for that. Yep. It's they, a lot. It's a lot.
0: And I can, I mean, I'm speaking from experience in opening this place because we did TI's in here as well. And it was, it's and, a and lot, so anyway, right? and there's just, yeah, it, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. <laughs> it's
1: it's more than than I think what the average would-be entrepreneur Realizes like right. little little things like 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 what you need in your tenant build out right like a, right. a, a fire pool handle some I didn't even realize I need it until three weeks ago oh I'm figuring well I got a fire alarm there <laughs> and we've got the strobe light there and then the fire people come in and they're like yeah but you're gonna have bathrooms They'll, those will need <laughs> this you'll need a pool handle here you don't even right. have a pool handle then it's like oh well now I have something else I need to go out and get a quote on, right? right? And then it's having to work within your tenant improvement budget and, and all of that. And it's just, it's just a lot. And I, yeah, that's one of those things that business school, all the training, all the seminars, all the classes, all the, the, the Twitter philosophers and stuff, like they don't tell you about those few things. Right. But and, and and they're time suckers, man. Like, I've spent more time opening up the shop for contractors to come bid than I have actually just been on working on the space and developing the business and kind of the business model we're going to have because we we feel like we have a unique concept in that you know, while it is a coffee shop and a coffee business and I'm roasting the coffee on site, mm-hmm. um, hey, the business called Campfire Coffee, but it's literally Campfire Coffee.
0: Coffee. Okay, so Campfire Coffee is the name of the, of, the of, shop. of the shop.
1: But we literally roast over open flame. Oh, okay. We, it's, it's, you know, we got a basically a fire pit that's built, and I'm able to micro batch about five pounds at a time. Dope. And we roast it over the open flame the way they did thousands of years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so
0: you guys roast your own beans. Roast our own beans, Ooh, okay. source them
1: from, from different importers around the country. And yeah, man, I just started roasting and came across this concept because we also camp a lot. Like that's very on brand of what me and wifey do with the kids. Uh We camp as often as we can. And so tied into that is... I don't want to go as far to say it's a social justice mission, Mm -hmm. even though people have described it as that when I've told it to them. But we do want to get underprivileged families in the nature because there are so many benefits of it. And just personally, I feel like coffee and nature are two things that especially as black Americans were kind of pulled away from.
0: Why do you think that is? You know, I don't <laughs> I mean, know. I, I, I mean, because I agree with you 100%. It's just it's, one of... It's interesting.
1: I remember as a kid being tall, you you, you don't drink coffee. It'll stunt your growth. Don't mm. drink cat. <laughs> don't drink no coffee, right? But, you know, Africa's the motherland of coffee. Mm-hmm. It's where some of the most exquisite coffees come from.
0: Interesting, And
1: and that's both East and West Africa. Right, Um And so it's one of those things that... It kind of stunned me when I was working with Anthem and I, and I learned this about coffee. I said, "Wow!" Because my whole childhood, I was told basically coffee wasn't for me, mm-hmm. and then I was also told the outdoors and nature and outdoor activity—that's not what we do, right? Right? It's—it's it's, well, you don't do that. That's not. But I remember one of my early sociology classes I had in my PhD program. There was a quote from. I don't know who, I want to say it was one of my professors, and it still sticks with me. Uh-huh. And he said something um, along the lines, because I, I know I've repeated it a few times, probably on Twitter, where it was <laughs> yeah. something like, it's it's odd that what was made by man, referring to cities, mm-hmm. is what we feel is in our nature, but
0: nature is not in our nature. That's that's the, Yeah, that's interesting. That's really odd. That's interesting. And you know what, what you said was it's not for me like the narrative of it's not for me or Correct. and and so what I started thinking about was all of the things that we are told growing up that are not for us. Right. And that's just one I never even thought about it like that like camping, coffee, Yeah. you know like you're just in and just how many and so it's almost like you're being narrowed down into this stereotype of what people, and that's a struggle for young black men in general. Absolutely, it was a struggle for me. Absolutely, I was just talking, talking to my staff member about how basketball was my identity growing up, and I don't want that to be for my boys.
1: Exactly, I don't want Same that year. to be
0: for my boys. Like I'm almost like, man, I almost, I'm cool on you guys doing doing right. all the athlete thing because you're more than that, bro. You are, you guys are ten way times more. smarter than I was. Way more, ten times smarter and yeah. way more exposed to everything. Like, right. That doesn't have to be your lane, man. And honestly, the academic to athletic scholarship uh, ratio is oh, far more. You're gonna your chances man. of getting an academic scholarship are like hundreds A times hundred more.
1: Hundreds of times
0: more than possible. athletic. Like yeah. So yeah. if you have the athletic ability and you like that, great. Go great. after it. I'm not tripping, but I'm right. not going to push you for that to be your identity. Correct. Because Correct. of what you just said, coffee's not for me. Nature's not. Our families are uh, my aunt's family's from Montana. Wow. So they get that experience from going with grandma and grandpa. They go to the trailer and hang oh, out yeah. at the trailer. Like, oh, yeah. They get the nature. From, they get it. From, You know, So, I mean. That's huge. That's huge because that wasn't my experience growing up.
1: And it, it really wasn't mine except for, you know, I got the, but what's weird is my family actually did it. My family, before they moved to Washington and I want to say 80, lived in Anchorage, Alaska for 12 years where that's oh, yeah. just what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And, you know, my mom is from Kentucky, so she's used to, like, the living off the land. She lived in a little bitty town. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was a city guy, though. He was D.C. and, mm-hmm. you know, East Coast guy. Then they go, to, they go to Anchorage and, like, they do all the outdoor thing. They come down here. And that kind of stopped when I was born <laughs> until about fifth or sixth grade. I went to outdoor school oh, okay. and, you know, stayed in a cabin and made all these friends and learn all this stuff about nature The stuff that I, I teach my kids now when we go out and camp mm-hmm. is teaching about certain plants and what you can do in nature if Man, you needed to survive, so stuff
0: like that. It's so dope to hear that you did that. Cause our, we sent our boys to nature camp. Yeah. Both yeah. Of them have gone to nature camp and you're like the living example of what hopefully becomes that for them right so it's really dope to hear you say that because we've sent our boys to um it's amazing green lake right there or snake lake sorry
1: it's amazing man that that and i went to camp wask which is a kid that had a profound effect on me i went back as a high school leader several times i got offered a full-time job there after graduation that's That's dope i didn't take it because again at that time i'm like Man, I'm not gonna go live at camp. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, that's.
0: I'm
1: gonna go <laughs> out here and rap, right. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna pursue my music yeah. thing, and do that whole that whole whatever it was that whole mission journey yeah. that I was on. And so, you know, bringing it back full circle, it's like, wow, like I could, I have an opportunity here to marry things that I'm genuinely active in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm genuinely active in coffee. I'm genuinely active in nature and outdoors. It's just what we do as a family. Right. Um, dope, and to be able to kind of just be an example of it without having to be super over the top. Um, like, hey, look, I'm Captain Black Dude and I'm in the <laughs> woods. Like, look at me. And I'm now I'm Captain Black Dude <laughs> yeah. serving coffee. Like... Hey, I'm just a dude that this is what I like, man. It just so happens I'm a black dude doing it. You know what I mean? Like exactly. I feel like it's a really unique opportunity. But you know, I
0: That's funny.
1: I look at where some of the other uh entrepreneurs are colored, you know, they hang on to the identity tough. And I don't know if that serves them in the long term right. more than it serves them in the short term. It's
0: the same it, but it's the it's a battle, man. Like it's we're constantly having to Struggle with our identity. Exactly. You know what I mean, and and I'm at the point where I don't even care. I, I didn't care a long time ago. Right. You know what right. I mean? Right. Um, but like you see, um, dre- like you know, kid- you think- being in the education field, kids would see me dressed wearing a tie every day. I used to wear a tie every day. I don't wear them anymore now. I'm out. But right. Um. But you know, I'd come come to school, and then when I would wear my Jordans and my sweats, oh, they'd be mind blowing. You're dipped today, right. Jones. I'm like, actually, I was dipped the last four <laughs> days, bro. <bruh." laughs> I was dipped the last, four days. <laughs> the last four days. Today I'm just wearing my casual clothes. That's I would be it. like, Yeah, hey, I'm wearing my casual clothes. Y'all thought I was just uh-huh. you had this th- perception about me. Exactly. You know? And that's what we're always battling with. And always battling that. Battling
1: man. like battling identity, battling the perception, battling all of that. And it's it that's when like this whole journey to just opening the shop has been yeah, that's, super enriching that's been in that way.
0: What what have you seen? Or actually, I want to get well, first I have a question. Like you have you mentioned you had kids and I forgot to even ask you like <laughs> Oh yeah, man. Your kids, how many kids you have? Got three. Three kids. What Seven, age? 7, is...
1: 5 and 3. Oh, you okay. guys are
0: busy. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got a second grader, a kindergartner and a
0: 3-year-old. You guys are busy, but it'll it gets better. It gets better. I would say what I that hear. it does get better. Like I have a we have an 8th grader now and a 4th grader and they're both at the same school. So like we're almost oh, going to have a high schooler. Super so I'm cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm. I can't even believe that I'm about to have a high schooler. Like I'm hella Don't say old. That. Because I've yeah. been,
1: I've been freaking out now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yo, in ten years, my oldest will be ready to graduate high right. school.
0: Ten years ain't no time. So speaking of, um, we, you just bought a house. And so we you just, been, we just sold it. Or you just sold. I'm sorry, you just sold your house, and yep. you went through that process. Oh my god! And I want to ask some questions about that because you tweeted a few times, and I was just like, "Oh, he's going through," and I, you know, I just would tweet back a couple things, but like, tell me about that process as a seller, like from from a from a perspective of a seller. You know, I think that this is important stuff for our age, for our agents is. to hear.
1: It is. It is. It, it's something that, and and I think because this was our first time buying a home, the first time selling one. Mm-hmm. So we, in both cases, um, like what you said earlier, fe- felt like there was a lot of information being withheld mm-hmm. on both sides of the mm-hmm. transaction. Both when we were buying, because our, our initial plan wasn't even to buy a house. Oh, okay. Our initial plan was to build a house, was to uh, buy a plot and build. And we fell down this rabbit hole um, which was a whole other, that could be a podcast in itself. <laughs> right. And we ended up buying this house, which don't get me wrong, we loved the house. Beautiful, beautiful part of Tacoma out there off Waller Road. Mm-hmm. Um, But that wasn't even our initial plan. So then it just so happened. Again, all this stuff kind of happened at once. Um, We decided to put the house on the market mm-hmm. and we didn't know what to do. Oh, we just okay. knew that a couple things needed us to go back to Brown's Point. Where that's where my parents are at. It's right. where my kids are going to school now. Right. They were in the charter schools. With the charter school that they were at, uh, we got word closed down. Oh, okay. So we were like, okay, we need to get them over to Brown's Point, and we'll we'll start setting our sights on moving back over to Brown's Point, Point. Mm. and. Then we got the commute from East-East Tacoma to Browns Point. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's a tough one.
1: And some days the girls would be in the car for four or five hours a day Mm. commuting to drop off and come back and then to pick up and come back with the port traffic. Mm -hmm. Some days that would be one, two hours just coming home. So we said, we can't do this. But we didn't really know what to do to put the house on the mark. We did like no, we'd only been in the house two years, so there wasn't okay. a ton of equity. Mm-hmm. But then we quickly found out, oh crap, well, a traditional listing is gonna wipe out anything we would stand to make on it because mm-hmm. you gotta pay six percent. You yeah. gotta play codes closing and yada yada yada, yeah. yada. All these fees that just yeah. eat up everything. Yeah. yeah. So we still listed with an agent. Mm-hmm. And again we were we were not Uh, fully aware of how that listing worked with this one particular agent. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure this is an outlier. Mm -hmm. The weird thing about it was he has this house or he has this site. We're listed on the site, but then it's still listed everywhere else like a normal Mm -hmm. house is. So people are still coming through to see it. We cut ties with that guy, put it on the market for sale by owner which again is, you know me, I'm Captain Do-It-Yourself. <laughs> so I did I've seen it. I'm seeing a theme here recurring. Yep, like I said, I'll just take it and I'll do it myself. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, again, it was just then the process of just constantly having to get the kids ready. Now we have our own lockbox and we're dealing with that's the buyer's agents work, directly. Man. It is a lot of work. Yeah. But it was like, you know what? We gotta do it this way simply because we don't have the equity to pay a listing agent right? and we're going to stand and make a dollar on it. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to do it this way. So yeah. don't kind of paint it into a corner. Um, and it was just so we, we, yeah. we finally sold the How the house actually closes this Friday. Oh, so congratulations we're that's on that. Thank you. So we're again, we're in the middle of like almost there almost until there until you
0: close it's <laughs> it's not an done <laughs> until you close but we're
1: moved Both out right. we're moving into the coffee mm-hmm. shop we're moving in, in the storage a and a lot mo- going on and man. the house that or the, the spot we're trying to get isn't going to be ready till november and it's like all this in between and it's it's craziness but it you know the information the or lack thereof um Again, it's just like starting a business. It's just so much stuff that you don't know as, especially a first-time seller. You know, we didn't know anything about the buyer's closing fees Mm -hmm. until we signed the paperwork.
0: Oh, see, and that, that, and this is this is honestly this is the great story for. Our brokers to hear, like, I, it's a really good perspective to have from from you. So I, think, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you telling your story. Because, oh, indeed. Um, it's it's a, probably a more common story than not. And our goal in all of our transactions is to make sure everything is transparent because oh. it's a lot to learn in a whole little time. It's not like yeah. you do this every day. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't know, do like, it every day. Our people do it every day. Exactly. And so that's what, and so they're they're supposed to be your trusted advisors, and that's how we come about the businesses. You're. We're your trusted advisor, we're going to tell you everything up front. Right. So like here's and you're not going to remember everything. And right. our, our job is to make this seamless. And there's a lot that goes on that agents do that people don't realize like with all the paperwork and mm-hmm. all the keeping you from there's a lot of liability. I mean mm-hmm. it's it's a lot, man. And so like but Completely, it sounds like ahead. you had a a not as great experience the first time through and oh it was the bad. more time that your house is on the market the less it's it's looked at like oh, okay there's something wrong with the house and really there probably wasn't much wrong there it wasn't was anything just, wrong with that kind house. of lumped in with yeah you know and, and so we and marketing that. matters as a marketing person absolutely marketing matters how to get the photos right photos got to be right photos video, gotta be right where you' who you talking to what's the network of that agent like there's Everything. a lot that goes into it and that's
1: and that's <laughs> again that was a thing that you know, after the buying experience, and we were so turned off by the buying because we just felt like we were told a lot of things that we found out later were not true.
0: Man, that's that's not what we want in our business.
1: And that and that's and you that's know, as a first-time want. home buyer, and and my wife, you know, she's using her VA, so we we were VA buyers, so we we felt comfortable in like the process. You know, the inspection is going to be on point. It's going right. to be detailed and thorough everything that we're getting there is going to be on point. Mm -hmm. But the process leading up to that, so much information was withheld from us, from the people. Because, you know, being honest, and this might be something that listeners may want to know, we found a plot when we were buying that we were going to build on and Mm -hmm. just found it on Zillow Mm -hmm. and did the little inquiry thing and got in contact. Uh, A lender reached out to us. Um, and then he kind of shifted us off to his agent and buddy who we had, we, we didn't know these people, right, we right. didn't have any trust built up. Right. Um, and the thing that we initially wanted, it was almost like it didn't matter anymore. Mm. It was suddenly there was these weird stories about the <laughs> plot and, oh, I try to contact the owner and the agent and this, you know, and then it became, you know, you should just go look at some houses.
0: That disappoints me to hear this, man. Like this is that's all, how it went. like when I remember because I remember seeing your tweets and I'm just going, yeah, no, nah, that, that I mean it maybe it is the normal, but in here it's not our normal, you know, Like and I think that that's just disappointing to hear you talk about this like this.
1: It was highly disappointing, and it was really more so because it was like a you know we, the theme that comes back to it is just lack of info.
0: Yeah, lack and, of info. And that's and and you know I think that um, to add to that. There's just a general lack of info out there, and it, well, I mean, there there is info out there, and you know, our jobs as as our brokers is to give people that info, right, and provide it. Um, that, that can be via video, via sitting down, via right. meeting, via coffee, via whatever, right? You know, um, mailings or. But I think that there's just so like again, we do this every day, and so I was just actually talking with a dude last night at my buddies, and he was he had just went under contract. And he had a contingent deal because it was contingent on Mm. his house being sold. Mm. Um, But the buyers that they had were contingent also. So I was like, okay, so you have a contingent, contingent on contingent deal. And and he seemed pretty calm about it. And I was just like, okay, so here's here's a couple things you need, you know. And I was just like, I hope your agent has told you about that, you know. Like, and I just was casually saying it because we talk in here all the time about stuff, you know. And so I just was like, okay, so you're going to be tied up and the big thing is communication. You're going to be, you know, and I was just like, kind of mm-hmm. talking through some things and without being too, not stepping on his agent's toes because I am fully aware that's their job to do that. Right. I was just like, man, congratulations. Um, yeah, just, you know, just make sure everyone's in communication. That's, that's cool. crazy, you know. It's a crazy. I didn't want you know, yeah. to scare them. I didn't want to scare them because like, it's scary. It's it, there's a lot. It's a house of cards that starts building up because now you're dependent on this person, and now that right. person is dependent on this person over here that you have no right. idea who that is, no clue, or who their agent is, no clue. Yeah, that's what I was saying. No like, clue. You're there's a bunch of agents involved here now. Ooh, the weak link in the community. You know, there could be something. Just ooh, yeah, you just don't know and so there's a lot that that has to be done in those situations and exactly. there's contractually there's some days and stuff that you're yeah so anyway i, I didn't want to get into that <laughs> jargon with it cuz i was like yeah. that's way it would just like make you nauseous but um but i was just like you know just you know just make sure you're in contact with your agent and you know asking some questions that's all wow. i just said just ask questions cuz <laughs> It can get sticky.
1: And and that's... I couldn't imagine that. Knowing what we've gone through in just these two transactions. Because then we, you know, before we even got a bar, we had a cash offer and then she bailed. Mm. And apparently she had bailed the night she signed the the offer. But her agent couldn't find her for a week.
0: Oh, she just... She skipped town and she just stopped stopped communicating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Communication,
1: huge. Again, you know, it was one of those things. We thought the house was sold... We're packing up, we're selling off stuff, we're doing everything, and we don't find out for a week that she actually backed wow. out.
0: Wow. Wow. That's it. But, you know. I mean, communication, right? Communication, you, man. It's so it's, crucial. It's, it's, it's important. I just, uh, you know, so I appreciate you sharing that story with me. So that's a lot going on for you guys right now. Opening the coffee shop, campfire. Yes. Campfire Coffee. Campfire Coffee. Where is Campfire Coffee going to be located?
1: It's right downtown on 1554 Market Street. Oh, Right behind the convention center, right across from the new YMCA. Oh. Oh, you're right there, there. Yeah, the ground floor of the new apartment that went Oh, you guys are in
0: the middle of... I go to that UWTY and work out like twice a week. Yeah. At night. Yeah. And there's always students in there.
1: Always. So we're going to be in that... Ground floor of that apartment. That's oh, right across the street. That's
0: prime, super prime. You're just right there on, on the on the like, yeah. You're gonna have a lot of uh, that's <laughs> kids in there. Yeah, that's, a lot of UWT students.
1: And I'm trying to be very conservative about projecting how we're gonna do, but everybody's like, "Oh man, you're about to be busy." Yeah,
0: because I have there's a whole crew of about 15 kids down there. When I work out every night down there, and, uh, in the in the evenings, like at nine, ten o'clock. Yeah because uh, that UWT stays open till eleven. Exactly. So, I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm just. I, I know. I know. I work out there. I'm. I look at that building as I'm yeah. running on the treadmill. And I'm like, man, I wonder what that shop is. I've yep. always just wondered. That's and then that's now that I didn't know that that was coffee, where you guys were moving in. That's so, it. That's it. Yeah, that's gonna be good for you, man. I'm uh, sure hoping so. Yeah. So, man, I appreciate your time. I don't want to take too much more of your time up. We're coming up on our time. But how can people find you online? Um because I think that your story is important, and also we want to support your business. You know, I oh, think much appreciate
1: you. Um, me personally, everything is IAMQDOT. Uh, so Facebook IAMQ dot, Twitter IAMQ dot, Instagram IAMQ dot. You'll see me probably in this vest I'm wearing <laughs> now. It's a red and black checker vest, uh, smiling all big um and then the coffee shop is we love campfires so we love campfire.com all the socials are we love campfire just no crazy spellings
0: just we love campfire that's dope man well i appreciate, appreciate you stopping you. through and again folks if you want to uh, find out more information about qdot you can go to those places they'll be linked in the uh comments below and on the on the podcast and also if you want to hear some more subscribe and yeah there's plenty of things to talk about and listen to on the pod so until next time, appreciate you coming to Q. Thank you. All right, man.